Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Toasty, say hi to the people. Hello. Jen did that whole entire intro uh, flipping me off, just so y'all know. And I don't think I can edit his laughter out of the background on that. So we're keeping it in. This has definitely been an interesting way to kick off the evening. Jay Gray, welcome back onto the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Sorry, that sounded sarcastic. It wasn't meant to. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. It sounded more sarcastic. I'm sorry. It's it's been that kind of day. (laughs) It's fine. It's all good. We've been having lots of fun. A little bit of the pre-show banter. That was amazing. And I do have one thing to quickly let our fans know about. Because, of course, on the Cyberpunk Lorecast, we try to give the news of the future at every opportunity we can. Today on the uh, CDPR Red, uh, or I think it was... It was a Twitch stream. I unfortunately did not get to watch it live while it was happening. But my friend Cass hit me up on the Discord going, hey, they're doing a, a live plays of twenty the 2077 uh, Phantom Liberty uh, expansion coming out. And they let us know that the 2.0 patch will be releasing prior to the expansion. And that was something that we had a lot of questions around whether or not the, the patch was going to hit before the expansion. So now they have confirmed that it will hit before that, which I think is freaking awesome. Honestly, I, I thought you were going to dump me to talk about that. I thought you were going to email me, message me and say, hey, sorry, I can't have you on. We've got to talk about the cast they did today. Yeah. 
Oh, no, no, no. We've had this one on the books for a while, and I haven't watched the live stream yet, and I haven't, I haven't been either. able to gather any of the news. So I just knew that that was one little bit of information that uh, Cass let me know about today um, that we had to shout out there. And maybe we'll watch it uh, and have an episode in September about it on the lead up to the Phantom Liberty release. We'll see. Okay. We are here to talk about danger gal not phantom liberty it's so pretty it is amazing i love the cover art and the dude getting the tat the tattoo um right on the cover that, I love that, that. that that's actually that's a medical injection that's is it yeah Why did i think it was a tattoo that, gun that's i mean no that's a that's an air hypo sort of like what you see on star trek uh yeah. more old school mm. original series yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Doc Mittens, who yeah. I don't think is a tattoo artist. <laughs> maybe. I, You know, in her spare time, maybe she'll pick it up. I, you know, I kind of wishing it was now, but no, that that actually that the cover is the uh, is a bit of uh, an opening uh, bit of uh, uh, the adventure that is in the back of the book. Ah, OK. Oh, maybe my brain is just on the itching for a new tattoo, so I'm seeing tattoo guns everywhere. <laughs> Respectable. Um, I mean, I guess how about we start with uh what what's in the book, Jay? What sure. Yeah. Uh so Danger Gal Dossier is a uh faction and NPC guide for Cyberpunk Red, the original tabletop role-playing game of the dark future. Uh, I'm getting better at saying that all the time. <laughs> and it is a collection of roughly 15 factions in Night City in 2045 and slightly over 100 NPCs uh, spread among those factions at various power levels that you can plug into your game as adversaries, as allies, as friends, as examples, as lovers, as rivals, or uh, as just the guy or gal or non-binary person you meet in uh, the local oasis, which is a convenience store. Uh, it basically, uh, it contains information about those 15 factions, who they are, some of their goals, what the resources are, uh, the kind of things you need to uh, plug them into your game, as well as biographies and stat blocks for every one of those NPCs and art of all of them. Uh, and the vast majority of them uh, have miniatures that are available from Monster Fight Club who has just released uh, Cyberpunk Red Combat Zone. So these miniatures uh, also work in that uh, miniature battle game, which takes place in the combat zones of 2045. I also, love me yeah. a mini, so I'm very excited about picking them yeah. up. Yeah, uh, There's also guidelines for creating your own NPCs. Uh, there is a couple of pages worth of, it's not new, new gear. It's gear that's appeared in our DLCs and a couple other places. Uh, but we're reprinting it here so you, if you don't happen to have the download for one particular piece of gear, you can find it in this book. You don't have to go find it in another resource. And then there is a mission at the back called The Incident where Danger Gal themselves, Danger Gal being the uh, uh, world's best private detective and security agency in the time of the Red, uh, has a job for your party. And uh, it'll put you up against a mysterious additional faction which I won't talk about because spoilers. Uh, we'll definitely be going over some, or well, hopefully a lot of the things that are in the book. And then, uh, but everything to do 
with the incident we will leave in the spoiler zone. Yes. It's so right out the gate, the little explanation on page five stuck out to me as like such a perfect uh, way to encapsulate what this book is um, about how that Night City is a living, breathing world brimming with people, each living their own lives and telling their own story. And that's what Danger Gal dossier is here to do is to bring all these people and these stories to life. And I was like, that's just perfect the great uh, opening well it's it is our uh policy it is our thought um at rtg and i think at cdpr too really that night city honestly is the biggest most important character in the cyberpunk universe bigger than johnny bigger than v bigger than anybody else bigger than david you know because their story is just a tiny piece of night city's story night city is a character and the most important character there is agreed fully agreed night city I wonder what their stat block would be. <laughs> uh, instant death for anyone who's inside of it. As Bess Isis yeah. says, no one leaves Night City except in a body bag. I don't think it's in, it's slow, po- prolonged death for most people, though, right? Oh, like, yeah, well, yeah. you know, we don't stat out cancer either, so. Right, fair. <laughs> yeah, well, it, someone actually asked me that the other day. What's the, you know, for, for cigarettes, what's the, uh, what are the stats for cigarettes? And I said, your character probably won't live long enough to have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, yep. Nobody dies of old age in Night City. Something like that. Uh, I mean, literally, they're like the oldest people you know are still alive somehow. So. Yeah. 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 We'll get to one of those older characters uh, as we're going through the book here, because I definitely had a question. Sure. I think it's one twenty-five. Let's see. Is in the notes you put that as the one with two question yeah. marks. Page oh, 125, yeah. jumping farther in. Yeah. Uh, this the, is the, where the we get mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I knew this would be coming up because she. Uh, it, so, this particular character we worked really hard on. There was a lot of back and forth. Uh, we went to CDPR and said, We really want to do this character. And they said, that's cool. Give us some ideas. And so we gave the ideas. They said, that's great. Keep writing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, okay. So should we, should we tell them on page 125 is a breakdown of a tiger claw. It's your show. It is. We have the backstory to a Kako. And when I saw that, I was like, is this the Wakako that we see in 2077? And I was like, oh, this is so cool just to kind of have more of a background on who, you know, we see her in the video game. But to see who she is before that is great. Yeah. No, we had a lot of fun. Um, so th- there was this was a multi-step process uh, on working on this. First of all, yes. Um, when it came to characters... Uh, or factions with a 2077 uh, tie-in. We work more closely with our counterparts over at C Project Red. Um, and Wakoko, obviously, um, because she originated in the video game as opposed to on our side of things. We had to make sure uh, they were uh, kosher with what we were writing. And so it starts off with, we had the art. And we say, okay, who is this? This character obviously has a shotgun. Uh, she looks very interesting. Uh, we said, oh, well, that's a Coco. Let's make sure. They said, okay, that's fine. We like it, that art for her. And we're like, well, it's boring if she's already a fixer, isn't it? That's not a fun story. It's like, I started out as a fixer and I'm always a fixer. No, we wanted a, 
we wanted to know because she's got like 27 husbands, right? So we want to know who was the first one, you know, the first one where she was actually in love, the first one where she's, you know, the beginning of it's something that our boss has uh, wrote in the uh, core rule book is uh, we don't want to know about your, your happy romances, right? We want to know about your tragic romances because those make for an interesting story. And so yeah. this is, that's the story we want to tell, you know, this bright eyed medical student who came to Night City and then the, the fourth corporate war came and, you know, she fell in love and she fell in love with what I, a, a, another medical student and it turned into something bad because that medical student turned out to be, you know, childhood friends with a guy who would go on to lead the tiger claws. And, you know, since he wasn't a fighter and she wasn't a fighter, some enemies of his decided, Hey, here's their weak point. You know, the, the tiger claws leader's wife's well-protected, but his best friend's not. And so she lost her best friend. She lost her husband. He lost his best friend. And now she's a tiger club, club, whether she likes it or not, because the leader said, well, your husband's dead and has his best friend. Uh, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. Mm -hmm. And this begins her path towards being the sardonic, very, um, not selfish specifically, but very self driven and, uh, uh, character you will see in 2077 who talks about her many husbands and her many children and treats the tiger claws more like they're like they're wayward youths than an organization she may or may not be a part of they're a resource not a not a uh not a calling for her you talked about wakako's children and yes. that let that reminded me of the yo-yo gangs that you have in here Yes, I yep. thought that I thought that you that this was a great way to put them in here. There's on page 66. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a as a mom, I'm like, this is an amazing breakdown of how to incorporate kids into your game because it goes through about how you should really truly talk to your players first and get like get a gauge of like how do you want these kids to be involved um i love the idea of uh, comparing them to uh the sherlock's holmes is baker street irregulars because that's to me that's the best way to incorporate if you're going to have a yo gang in there uh to have them be these little characters who are not going to be in harm's way who are going to be your helpers your informants or maybe they're the ones that need to be rescued um but and I can also see how on a truly evil, chaotic run, maybe, you know, they are the people you're fighting, but everybody has to agree to that and ahead of know that ahead of time. But um, what's the what what's the joke that in Skyrim you can go around killing everybody, but the kids are the only ones left wandering around the city all by themselves with no parents to walk at or adults to look after them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, honestly, so so this book was a little backwards from the way we normally do a book. Normally, we do a book, we come up with concepts, we write the we write the stuff, we get the art to go with it. Um, in this case, we had the art for all the characters ahead of time, and it was a case of writing the stories for them. And so we had uh, the the various members of Generation Red um, in here, and you know, it's, it's funny. There's a uh, picture of Tetra with you know the four barrel rocket rocket launcher. Which is just an amusing mm -hmm. tiny tiny little girl with a puffy pink jacket aiming a STF at people. 
but we really wanted to, you know, at first we're like, do we want to include them? Because, you know, do you want to include, that's a sensitive, incredibly important topic, whether or not, you know, how kids read it. And then we decided Night City is a place where there are kids and pretending they don't exist doesn't help anyone. And pretending that, you know, they're all living good, normal, happy lives doesn't tell the story and it doesn't tell Night City's story. But we did want to include that, that page guide, uh, what you're talking about, where we talk about how to include kids, because it's an important thing. Um, a lot of sensitive topics can come up in role-playing games, and we always encourage people to have a session zero. We say, okay, what are the things you're comfortable with? What are your, what are your, what we call lines, uh, it's called lines in the industry, which is the things you cannot cross. Like, um, I don't want this particular topic to happen. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to see, you know, you can have, and then there's veils, which are like, I don't mind it happening, but I like to be, like it to be kind of vagued up. Like, I don't mind that there's drug use, for example, someone might say, but I don't want to have graphic descriptions of people shoving needles into their arms and, you know, mm -hmm. suffering slow decay. It should be a background thing. And kids, you know, and how they're dealing with and living in a combat zone and a gang, that's an important topic. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a serious one. And it's definitely something you should talk to your group about if you're going to include them. And the thing is, is I've seen too many plays, you know, the, the Baker Street regular thing comes up a lot because a lot of people find uses. And um, I find that even in like chaotic evil runs, if there's one thing that's got to, you know, break a character and bring out their altruistic side, it's finding some street kids who need some help. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's helpful and useful. And also it's just what Night City is because Night City isn't just the old people, uh, living their lives. It's the new kids that have to live on to eventually become 2077. We also have a joke that Wheelie is going to be like the ultimate assassin someday. We have jokes about him crawling through air vents, killing people. It's great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think mm. it's all, it's just a, uh, because I mean, personally, like in, in all games that I'm a part of, whether I run them or I'm just a player in them, um, I'm always insistent on that discussion of like lines and veils for the group. Um, just because like, that's how you facilitate, facilitate, you know, a comfortable environment for people. Um, and we all want to be comfortable when we're playing these games and especially for a game like, like cyberpunk, where it's a lot darker than most. Uh, so you have, you know, it, it's very important to like touch on these things. And so it's nice to see that there is like, you know, stuff being like the y'all put information in there like hey like reminder this is a thing that you should do by the way yeah and, and then, even then sometimes uh, basically the section talks about uh, the kids not as allies and we try, try to encourage people to treat them more as obstacles and enemies because mm -hmm. uh, enemies you kill obstacles you have to go around or find a, find a way to you know de-arm uh, disarm in a non-literal way. Uh, and you know, that way you have, and, and honestly, it's more fun because uh, I guarantee if you have a, if you have a yoging in your, in your, in your game uh, as a GM, one of those kids, maybe more, but that at least one is going to end up becoming a major reoccurring NPC because your players probably will latch onto them. Yeah. Now I kind of want to run a campaign where the player characters are a yo gang and they've oh got to go and try it. <laughs> you know, interesting. That, that's a fun one. That's one of the reasons why we published Cyber Generation, which was an offshoot of Cyberpunk 2020 back in the day. 
uh, in an alternate timeline where a uh, nano plague gives kids powers and melts adults. Oh. Yeah. In fact, if uh, Maximum uh, Mike, if you listen to his radio broadcasts uh, during in the game, he talks about the carbon plague, which is that. Uh, it, ha it happened in the main timeline too, but it was shorter and hushed up. And as far as we know, there are no, no little mutant children running around. Mutant children. Uh, Tosi, did you have any that you wanted to shout out? Uh, I mean, you know, I like if I got to be entirely honest, you know, I didn't appreciate the entire Bozos chapter. It was it was real, you know, is 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 disturbing. Yeah, you, you know, make him look like that that clown like, huh? <laughs> well, hey, they're clowns, but yeah, no, we probably should have like had a big a big content warning at the beginning, saying, "Hey, warning, clowns ahead." It's like, I mean. If you can elaborate, because one of these dudes is looks like the it clown. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. No. We there's a lot of borrowing from classic clown iconography in the bozos in this chapter. Um, you'll see some Harley Quinn. You'll see some of the twins, not clowns, but the twins from um, twins from uh, The Shining. The Shining. Uh, not, but imagining them as clowns. There's. There's. Yeah. Sent with, uh, and then uh, you got clowns that harken back to uh, to 2020, uh, like Blamo and yeah, Bozos. The first time someone says, Ah, oh, this is a stupid game, it's got clown people in it, that's weird. And then you know, they really get to know the Bozos, and he goes, Oh my god, they're terrifying, and not just because they're clowns, but you know, because they're just terrifying. Because you know, uh, Batman Beyond did it with the Jokers. Him. They are, mm -hmm. no. And uh, our writer for that section, Paris Aerosmith, he did a great job with, you know, focusing on why each of them is creepy or strange in their own way, uh, from the, the the guys at the top who are really powerful to the poor fool, the guy at the very bottom, who basically, he's not even given, he's not even a clown, really. He's just, he's the new guy. And so they pull off the mask of the old, the, the, the burlap mask off the old tool who didn't make it in the last street fight, shove it on him and say, if you live long enough, we'll give you some real clown makeup. Ew, the mask, I can smell it from here and it smells horrible. Yeah. You don't smell yeah. the mask. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. no, it's, the, the, the bozos are fun. And one of the fun things about, um, Dandrick Aldossier is uh, we say that there's a what we call a clown civil war happening, where it used to be the Bozos were one big faction following the great Bozo, this mysterious leader. And now they are many different sub-factions having little fights uh, and trying to out-prank each other with, like uh, we mentioned in the book, they uh, this particular circus is what the factions are called. It's their circus uh, created a, a mass addiction event uh, where it basically exploded synth coke bombs, spreading it over everywhere. And synth coke's highly addictive, uh, much more addictive than regular coke. So oh basically, Im imagine, yeah, basically, you know, a shopping center full of people suddenly being addicted to uh, drugs because they happen to be at the wrong time, the wrong place at the wrong time, and they breathed. That's not a prank. That's 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 terrorism. <laughs> but in the Bosa's perspective, it's a prank. For, yeah, for everyone else, yes, it's terrorism. Oh my god, that's it's just wild. <laughs> Thank you. They're even more terrifying. Now. You're welcome. Whoa. 
Um, yeah, uh, I mean, like, there was some, some I think, real funny ones in here as well. Like, it, I mean, Tetsuo, my surprise to see just scrolling along the thing to see a solo who's just a chef. Oh, yeah. He's just yeah. dressed as a chef. He's, um, uh, I personally think he's inspired by Elliot from Leverage. I didn't write that chapter. Uh, we knew he was a chef because he was. We decided he was a solo. We decided he was high ranking. We decided he owned a restaurant. So actually, you know what? I was partly, yeah. So like we came up with concepts and the writers expanded on it. Uh, Steve Kenson, who is a veteran writer in the industry, uh, he worked on, it, there's a very good chance if you pick out a, a role-playing book that's not Dungeons Dragons and you open it up, you'll find his name in it. Um, uh, but he worked on that. And Tetsuo is is kind of inspired by Elliot um, from Leverage, Elliot Spencer. Uh, you know, he's like, he, just what if Elliot finally decided, hey, I've had enough of hitting people uh, and I just want to run my restaurant. And so that's what he's doing. Incredible. I love that. I love the character, Elliot. Yeah. Oh, uh, you so have good. to like, I mean, I imagine you have to be real careful, though. Don't don't start causing no trouble in his restaurant. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you you can't. But at the same time, though, as we mentioned, uh, his restaurants also become a favorite for yakuza uh, hanging out in Night City. And so he's not going to want to show off too much because guess where he got the money for the restaurant from? And guess guess who doesn't want who wasn't happy about him taking it? So you know it's a it's a balance. But the point is, there that's a story, you know. Maybe you start trouble in his restaurant. Maybe he needs help. Maybe, you know, he, he's hiring you to get food for him because, you know, food can be scarce in the time of the red, real food. Um, mm -hmm. He wants some seafood that's not radioactive. So he hires you to go up the coast to get some from Seattle. Uh, but that's, there's a story in that, in that roughly 200 words of biography that you can spin into a whole adventure or even a whole campaign if you really want to. Yeah. I love the idea of the chef. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah. There was also one in here that I was like, uh, the most recent episodes that we've had out um, on the lore cast have been about the WN, the WSN and WNS. the media. And WNS. Yeah, I was like, that didn't sound right. Um, and so to see a couple of medias being dropped in here as well was really cool. Um, yeah, there's there's a few of them. Uh, there's a whole the W WNS's uh, World News Services uh, biggest rival is Network Fifty Four. Network Fifty Four is actually bigger uh, bigger because they have a a broader range of um, they're, they're kind of like the Fox to the Turner Network, if you want to say, though not necessarily ideologically, mm -hmm. but just in terms of a range of programming uh, they they own. And uh, there is a small Network Fifty Four faction in here which consists of Fiona Hayes and her cameraman and her bodyguard. Fiona Hayes is a, uh, a famous local legend reporter who is an investigative journalist and has broken many, many stories and has been since roughly 2013, which she doesn't look like she's that old in 2045. And I will leave you to find the book to find out why. Also, her, her bodyguard may have slept with the president. Oh, scandal. Love it love that uh wait which president uh, no. not not myers <laughs> the 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 president two presidents before her i believe the one in 2045 oh jeez. Yes. oh yeah. man i'm gonna have to do research now you yeah since the fourth quarter, yeah, I was like 
Yeah, as of 2077, since the Fourth Corporate War, there have only oh, been three presidents. I thought there had been less. <laughs> no, there, there's there been three. Um, the one whose name I'm blanking on from in the time of the Red, uh, who's president at the Fourth Corporate War, the current president in 2077, and there was an in-between president. At least there was the last time I looked at the timeline. Okay. Well, dang. Okay. Anyway, point being, uh, Angle may have slept with the president. A president <laughs> of the United States. The 24-7 Never Blink News, when I saw this, I I immediately was like, this is N7 Legend as an NPC. Uh, the guest that we had on for our two media episodes, I was like, this is exactly him, an expose artist out there who's also an edge runner ally, a journalist, anchorman, researcher, sound and camera. This yep. is N7 Legend as an NPC. 24-7 is one of several iconics. They're what we call iconics. They're the, the, the character we present as a portrait of the character in the core rule book. Um, and so it's the same character uh, that you see there. Uh, and this is him as an NPC. He actually has a better stat block as a PC. Um, but as an NPC, uh, here he is. If, you, if you're not playing him, here he is so you can plug him in. Right. Just for a reminder, iconic stands for what? Oh, no, uh, it's a term that comes from uh, Paizo originally. Iconic is basically the exemplar example of the character class, or in this case, the, the role. So uh, if you look, if you go to the core rulebook for Cyberpunk Red, uh, where, they just, where we describe the roles, there's a quote and a picture of a character, the quotes from the character in the picture. And so that is what we call our iconic of that particular character. For example, Red Eye is the iconic netrunner. Uh, 24 7 is the iconic media um porch who is in this book as well is the iconic tech each of them is uh is uh later on you can also go to our website you can download the character sheets for use as a pre-generated character that you can play right off the bat okay. but yeah we, we repeated them as edge runners in this book because uh we they were there I was scrolling through looking more at the pictures and I realized that the outfit that uh, 40 uh, on page 48 is wearing. Yep. I have a picture of me in this outfit. The pink nice. mesh top, the short shorts, a pair of, well, I guess mine were combat boots at the time. And my hair was fire engine red, not blue. But I was like, wait a minute. I have that pink mesh tank top. Oh, okay. She has tech hair, so it's not always blue. So there you go. Oh, good to know. All right. Yeah. She can be my twin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 40 is our iconic rocker boy. I was about to say that. I think that's because I was like looking at the, I, her picture looked so familiar to me. And I was like, uh, she's the one on the, the, the red app. Like, yeah. You go yeah. make a new character. That's the one I always see. Yeah. So, see, I think this is a good spot for us to take a quick little mid-break, thank the patrons, listen to ads from the show, uh, and then when we get back, we'll continue to talk more dossier. I'm loving this. Ah, oh, shit, I have to do the mid-break. Fuck. Damn it. Oh. Welcome back to the middle of the show where we talk about the show and not about the lore of cyberpunk um i swear it's wrong every time but apparently it's not i'm getting a nod of approval um my mind blanked it's wonderful i don't normally do these this is horrible and i still probably have like two more after this um we uh have a new patron um we'd like to to, to thank all of our 
all of our uh, patrons now. Was that make us thirteen? Uh, because we have a new patron whose name I technically already said because I said uh, and apparently their name is uh. I'm not kidding. It. I just see a picture. It's uh. uh I'm trying to figure out if that's like a like a hesitant like uh, or if they're disgusted with us. Who really knows? Um, but thank you all for supporting the show. Um, we don't have any uh, any new reviews. Um, but if you want uh, another way to support the show, uh, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, a rating on Spotify. Uh, and if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, the man himself right here demands that your uh, referee gives you 10 IP for doing so. He's here. He can endorse this. For the second hey, time. Did, did, I, did I say it last time? Darn, I'm hot. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, leave a review, get IP. That, that's how it works. <laughs> he forgot he did it, but he's. we've been saying it since. Um, another way you can support the show is if you go to uh, Fanroll Dice uh, and use the code CPLC for Cyberpunk Lorecast, uh, which you can stack with the code AlmightyC10 for a grand total of 20% off uh, your purchase. I think that's it. I, I think we're good. Please. Yes, you did good. Suffering. I will. Oh, I will end your torture here. Um, and just a reminder again, um, the new Spotify feature that came out, you can now link your Patreon to your Spotify. Last week, I got it wrong. You do need to go onto the website of patreon.com. You can go over to the your account settings and then link your Spotify account from there. Uh, you can't do it through either of the apps. It's got to be online. Patreon.com. Link your Spotify there. And that will unlock the premium feature within Spotify. All of our bonus content episodes, all of our ad-free versions of the show, everything is loaded onto a separate and secondary feed. So we don't have to deal with RSS feed loadings or downloading and then listening through local files and just all that hassle, hassle. Make it nice, make it easy. Unlock all that bonus content. Patreon.com slash Cyberpunk Lorecast. We'll see it there. All right. Let's get back into the show. I don't know if there were any other pages really that I wanted to call out. I want to call uh, out one. I want to call out one because everyone needs to know this information. We got a dog. Yep. We got a good boy. That's right. The shepherd. Yes. Yep. Oh. Gustav is a good boy. Yeah, as if you needed any other reason to, to, to check out this book, there's we got good boys. We got yep. good boys in it. Yep. Good boy, uh, boy Gustav is a bomb-sniffing dog who is assigned to NCP's, uh, NCPD precinct number one, which is, if you're looking at a map of uh, Night City, it's what we call the island. I, it's not really an island, technically speaking, but pretty much is, in the, the big chunk right in the middle where... Uh, all the corporate plaza and so forth are. And Gustav is a cybernetically enhanced dog uh, living with his handler, uh, Shepard. And he's got a, he's got a, he's got a, basically a phone in his head that our radio in his head, that that's how he get, gets commands. And he's got a enhanced micro, he's got micro video. So his handler can see what he's seeing. And he's got an olfactory boost. So he smells, is able to smell even better than a normal dog. Oh wow! Plus he has armor. Combat. Yeah. He does have armor. Wow. 
He's yeah, an and armored man. Drum. His bite it hits with as he's as pretty much as dangerous as a mono katana. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like I do I do have one like small thing. Feel like I feel like his HP is too low. Like I feel like Infinity is a good amount because you know, you know what? If you're if you're a GM and you that's on you. If you let if you let the dog die, that's on you. You'll have to live with that for the rest of your life. I don't I don't want to pull a Brennan Lee Mulligan. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna scribble it out here and make the infinity symbol so that way at least in my version of the book it is infinity dog. Well there you go. That works. He's got plot armor. Yes. <laughs> I mean if you're gonna give plot armor to anyone, it would be yeah. the, the best boy. Not the kids, but not the, kids. the dog. Yes. Very specifically. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it, it was fun uh, working out how how his stats work, um, and uh, figuring out how he worked. And he's uh, the person who wrote this chapter as work security, so he's familiar with way the actual dogs work. And uh, for example, he knows German. If you look at his stats, uh, he has language German, uh, and that's because dogs, at least in America, are often trained with German. Uh, to respond to German commands, so they can't accidentally get commands in English. Wow! I th- I think I've seen that in a show, like one time, where like yeah. there was the dude trained a dog, and he like trained it specifically in German, so the dog yeah. wouldn't do anything at all while the other people were talking to it. Mm-hmm. So I assume yeah. in Germany they trained them in English, but hey, I don't know. Could be. We have German listeners. Let us know. And might what also language do you train your dog in? If you're in there you go. if you're if you happen to be a German cop and you're training canine units, what language are you training your canine unit in? We could probably Google it, but we I'm lazy. Could, no. But it's better to get someone to respond and let us know. Yeah, there you go. Oh man, that's tell us. Oh great, internet! We know you like you, you know like you, you like looking smart and telling us facts we don't know. So please tell us. Uh, Corpse Reviver looks amazing. That is a great design. Uh, I wish I could take credit for it, but uh, like I said, we got the art, and then we did this. Uh, uh, Kate, who worked on that section, uh, did a fantastic job with it was just three characters, but she really uh, established the Piranhas as more than a gang that has parties, but as a gang that is the party life of Night City. And Corpse Reviver is just an absolutely fun and wonderful character. Um, uh, after the the Puma Squad, I think the Piranhas are the most popular faction from the book that I've heard the most chatter about. People really like the idea of that just a gang whose job is to throw parties. And they're like, some people see them as a precursor to the Moxes in the 2045 setting, even though they're, while they do have sex workers uh, on their payroll, uh, they're not a gang of sex workers in the same way that the Moxes are. Yeah, I could see that, but like the in the the mind of like, oh, they're the partiers, the people who are out there having the fun and the yeah. loud and the vibrant colors. And plus, she's she's armed with two Sanru Hello Cuties. Gotta love the Hello Cuties. Yeah, yeah. and my exec only has one. Yeah, so sad. Oh, it's fine. I'll get that second Toasty. one someday. I'm surprised oh. that they're uh, that you haven't had that you haven't wanted to talk about one of the hidden gangs one that i didn't know if i knew was actually going to be released in this book on page 99 oh gosh i mean like you know i love my nomads but they know that 
they know well, that I love the nomads. <laughs> yeah. Well, so one of the one of the uh, we we had these various characters, um, and uh, we and some very obviously factions. Maelstrom is a faction. Tiger Claw is a faction, and then we had just a collection of characters who fit the edge runner category, and there were a lot of them. And so we pulled some out and we put them into other groups because uh, we wanted to show um, uh, the the default cyberpunk red play style tends to be you're a group of edge runners, you're taking jobs, you're doing you know cyber mercenary stuff uh, on the streets of Night City, and we wanted to show other campaign styles, other ways groups can be, which is why you have the Network 54, you know, where you could be a media team where someone's a reporter and someone's a cameraman, someone's providing protection, someone's driving you around, someone's doing the tech work, and or a nomad group where you have a leader um, and you have uh, muscle. And uh, the nice thing is, is uh, not everyone in a nomad pack has to be a nomad role. Um, that's something people sometimes don't understand is that we have nomads as a group. Uh, there are nomads like the avocados. And then we have nomad as a role where you can play nomad role and you get specific abilities, uh, the essentially car, free car uh, as a result. But not everyone who is a nomad in the world is a nomad the role. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's specifically a thing that's come up in the uh, the cyberpunk podcast that that I'm or that we the live play that I, I play in or whatever is that my character is a nomad in the like background of but I am playing a tech and then we have an actual nomad in the party who is the nomad role. So. Yeah. And uh, with the sightseers, so the sightseers are a nomad pack like um, the sort of like the uh, the backers, which nomad V belonged to before mm -hmm. uh, quitting. Uh, so uh, if you read the section on uh, and a little bit in the in the bios, you read the, the faction information the bios, uh, you'll see information that kind of hints as to how uh, nomads go from being this very powerful group in 2045 where they control the highways and they control the trade routes and they're the primary way goods get from A to B to where they are in 2077, where um, they're much like uh, various nomadic groups in our actual modern world, they're often seen with suspicion, they are treated poorly, uh, and they are uh, uh, not, they, they've lost a lot of their power. And you see it with there, where basically, once upon a time, not that long ago, in 2045, the cops would have ignored them. You know, they're obviously running some illegal stuff, the cops ignore them because they're so vital to Night City. But as the corporations start to rebuild following the Fourth Corporate War, and they start to take over trade routes more and more, and they don't need the nomads as much. Suddenly people aren't ignoring things and they're cracking down on nomad infractions of what they consider the law. Uh, and the nomads, uh, and there's a whole storyline here where the, no the sightseers are dealing with the NCPD having uh, taken two of their members and put them in jail because uh, uh, now they're just, the, the rule that where you don't mess with nomads is no longer being enforced, or at least not as heavily. So, and like I said, we, we like to, I think I've said this before on your podcast, we like to tell the story of how the world's evolved from the 2020 period to the 2077 period. We know 2045 is a midway stage. And so we want to show that evolution and show how the world is a, like Night City, is a living, breathing thing. Yep. And this book definitely helps to move both storylines further and then completely enrich every 
campaign currently going on out there, whether if it's from the some of the new items that have now been given stats or just adding these truly living, breathing characters into it. Uh, I definitely want to see if I can play around with some of these characters, either adding them to games that we have going on or taking them and trying to make them into PCs, you know, basing a character off of these characters going to be so much fun i'm glad that's that's the point they're there to they're there to use or they're there to inspire um one of the neat things we we, we in the beginning of the book we mentioned different ways you can use them uh you can just use them just use their stat blocks you say uh i'm throwing up five maelstrom mooks in a maelstrom lieutenant and i need stat blocks real quick you go to the maelstrom section there are a couple of mooks there that you can pull the stats from there's a couple of lieutenants you can pull the stats from they don't need to be these specific characters at least you know what makes an average maelstrom mook different from an average tiger claw mook mm -hmm. yeah and i was gonna yeah. say like uh and for the people that are maybe don't want to aren't looking for those uh those easy stat blocks uh you mentioned it uh but there's an entire section dedicated to creating your own yes yep and it's important for me to say because i say it like 10 times i wrote it 10 times in the in the section itself they're guidelines, they're not rules. We give point totals, you know, spend this many points on skills, spend this much money on cyberware. And then we say, every character in this book probably broke those rules uh, because they are guidelines. Uh, you know, uh, like all the cops, uh, all, the, all the cop characters in the NCPD precinct one section have a base gear loadout that they get because that's their job. And the cops send them into the field with that. And it ends up pushing them way over their, the, what the total would be for them if they weren't cops, as an example. Or some will be like, well, we will spent all their skill points and said, oh, this character probably should have this skill too. Okay, we'll give them a few more points and throw that skill in because we think it's important and not so, but not so game breaking that we can't, that we have to destroy and push down uh, one of their others, one of their other skills. But there's, there's so the, the, the guidelines are starting points, but don't let them stop you from telling your story. We'll take the Captain Barbosa method. So he said he always thinks he says he thinks of the pirate code as a, more of guidelines right. than actual rules. Yeah, and he said that specifically, so it made me think of that. I'm sorry, I'm a yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean nut. What do you want from me? Hey, you know, well, everyone, no, just... everyone has their 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 massive, you know, you know what? There you media go. Media franchise they love that's run by a problematic company. Yep, but there you go. There's my idea for a for a gang that i can make using using this oh absolutely pirates um the the Thales nation of nomads they do a lot of pirating wait dang <laughs> you're gonna make me research i need to get stay on top <laughs> oh yeah no the Thales are active in 2045 certainly uh they're all over the place uh they're in fact one of the, probably the second biggest nomad faction in night city because it's a port city our ocean faring uh nomads uh-oh yeah. toaster's had a realization so oh, yeah. before his brain tangents too far on that i think this might be a good time to start wrapping things up for the night sure. uh is there uh anything that, as always we look at the foundations of the past the state of night city today but what about the news of the future sure. what we got uh, coming out i can talk about that a little bit so we just finished gen con which is the big gaming convention in north america uh, it had like 80,000 people attending this year, uh, 
which it sounds really impressive until you find out that like Europe's biggest gaming convention has like 120,000 people or something. Um, but still, it was a lot of fun. And we talked about, uh, it's where we also tend to announce our news for the upcoming year. We are still working on the Cyberpunk Edge Runners mission kit, which will be a box set uh, where you'll be able to play a self-contained box set, sort of like our Jumpstart kit, where you'll be able to play a uh, mission set in the Edge Runner slash 2077 time period, specifically centered on Edge Runners more than 2077. Uh, but it will also contain rules you'll be able to pull into your cyberpunk red game so it will be your first glimpse as to how 2077 technology and quick hacks work in a cyberpunk red rule set we're very excited about that we announced uh tales of the red forlorn hope which is going to be a campaign book uh, so tales of the red street stories was a adventure book it had multiple adventures those adventures were not specifically tied together into an overarching campaign forlorn hope will be six adventures um, and each of those builds on the other. You go from one to the other, to the other, to the other. And it was centered around the Forlorn Hope, which we introduced in Cyberpunk 2020. It is an edge runner slash solo bar run by the professor and Marianne, his wife. And uh, it is going to be about uh, how you help rebuild the Forlorn Hope in the 2045 time period. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna have some cool new mechanics. You'll be able to bring outside those adventures as well. Um, and uh, those are the big things. And we're working on an interface red volume three, which will take uh, DLC from a certain period of time, add in a bonus article, I'm not saying what the bonus article is, but I will say that it's one of the most requested things. We have one of the biggest requests we've gotten in terms of mechanics will be in this bonus article. That's gonna be sometime probably later this year. Uh, no dates on anything else. Uh, we don't do dates anymore because we never hit them. Um, but point being is that it's going to come out. And every month, every month, we have something new uh, on our website for free. You can download. Uh, we just put out, uh, uh, let's see, uh, corporate con-ops and studio apartments, which are 20 places you can live in Night City in 2045. Uh, Ten of them are specifically corporate-owned. So if you are an exec and you have a corporate housing, chances are you're living here uh, our, my my personal favorite is someone put petrochem and silver oil in the same building. So uh, yeah, two mortal enemies who've literally gone to war against each other uh, in the same building. Uh, so good. Imagine imagine the old Twix the Twix ads from a little while ago, the left side and the right side. Uh -huh. That's sure so. Yeah. Uh, and, but also there are 10 uh, buildings with studio apartments of which my favorite is what's called the Playhouse, which is near Playland by the Sea, which is the amusement park where you get to ride a roller coaster with Johnny in 2077 or what's left of it. It's actually active in 2045. And down the road, you can live in the Playhouse, which was the site of reality show. And they promise um, they've washed out all the blood and the murder elevator has been replaced. Oh, OK. Good to know. So I will probably still bleach it before I sleep in there, but it's good yeah, to know. Well, <laughs> but my point is, is you can download those and many other free, absolute hundreds of pages of free content from our website, artelsorandgames.com. Um, and you can get, uh, look forward to the books I mentioned and the box that I mentioned. And am I plugging Dangerville dossier here or am I waiting for you to ask me to plug things? Oh no, go ahead and start the plugs. We're good. Sure. Sure. Uh, Danger Gal dossier is available uh, in some, if not most, uh, North American game stores at this point, or at least United States game stores. 
might take a little longer. I've heard at least one store in the UK has it, which means it's getting to Europe, um, but it takes a little while to get to the distribution chain uh, internationally. Uh, oddly enough, sometimes they have it in Europe before they have it in Canada. It is $40 and hardcover and pretty. And you can, if you prefer, you can go to Drive Through RPG and pick it up for $20 there. Uh, you could also get it on Roll20 if you're more of a virtual tabletop person and on Fantasy Grounds. And then uh, Monster, I'm going to get this one. What's the miniature? Cyberpunk Red Combat Zone. Uh, it's from Monster Fight Club. That is, I believe, they start, they fulfilled their Kickstarter and they're starting to sell direct and retail. They were selling boxes at Gen Con. And um, so it will be either be in store soon it, uh, or, or is available now. I'm not sure because it is a different company and I don't know their product schedule. Uh, I don't know the retail price, but it's a big, beautiful, chonking box set. And I have been told by people who know these things, um, there's a Polygon article that said it was one of the best skirmish miniature games they have ever played. Oh, yeah. And the miniatures can be used in your Cyberpunk Red game, too. Yeah. That's my favorite part. I'll buy minis and bash them into other areas, even oh, yeah. if it's not supposed to. You can't use that as a D and D mini. Who says I can't? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm. I mean, pl plenty of these characters would work straight out as a D and D mini in, in the games. You know, even even the ones. There's plenty of people not specifically wielding guns in this book and in the miniature line. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like cereal. By the way, I surprised you didn't mention cereal. The character played by Matthew Willard. What? Wait, what? What? <laughs> So, so Mike Pronsmith, our boss uh, and creator of Cyberpunk, um, aka Maximum Mike, uh, ran a, a multi-session actual play. Uh, you can check it out and look for Realm Smith. Realm has in Knights of the Realm Smith, as in uh, someone who hammers metal uh, on YouTube, and you can find it there. And it, it was with, among other people, uh, Matt Lillard, aka Shaggy, aka Serial Killer from Hackers, and he played Serial, a roller skating, blade wielding nomad, uh, uh, netrunner. It looks like it. <laughs> yes. No. Um, th they were made for fun because the one of the one of the people in the show uh, was uh, the owner of Monster Fight Club. He plays too tall, and he is like tall. I, I love I love it when he's in the room because I would say, "You want to talk to the guy that's towering over everyone else? It looks like as tall as a Wookiee because he's easy to point out." Um, but so for to to celebrate the celebrate the actual play, uh, he had his company make miniatures of all the characters, and then you know since we had them, we put them in this book. But yeah, Lucky is played by Luke Gygax. He's the son of Gary Gygax. And Knox is played by Nora Ibrahim, who has also uh, done L.A. by Night and several other you know very high level projects. Uh, and uh, it is a lot of fun. But yeah, no, Matt, Matt Lillard's personal Cyberpunk character is in this book. That's that's so cool. Incredible. I'm going to have to go listen to this. This sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, if y'all want uh, the updates for all of this stuff that come out pretty uh, frequently on the... I don't, what do we even say anymore? Is it the Artelsorian um, Twitter or is it the X? <laughs> I honestly, at this point, I'm you know it's it's on on the the I think NPR is calling it the platform formerly known as Twitter. 
Mm, well, you can you can get updates on the stuff on the plat on the Arctosaurian, yeah, uh, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we're we're re has like many companies we're examining our social media strategy as thirty thousand new social media. It, it feels like I'm ba it's back in the days when everybody had like ICQ. Yeah, I'm yeah, too young to understand uh, it, that one. Yeah, it was it was oh. basically just it, imagine basically taking all the social media platforms because there were too many of them and trying to have one app that looked at them all. Uh. It, it's not good. Very not good. Uh, nope. Hard yeah. to follow. Not fun. Toasty. Uh, let's see. We will wrap it up here on our side. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can find me on the Two Girls One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm going to let my cyberpunk hey, fans hey, know. You know. Before we go, before we go, oh, Persona yeah. Five. Persona Five. Who's your main? Okay. Oh, Persona Five. My main for on Two Girls. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, um, no. Actually, I don't. I don't have one uh, oh. because I have not. I know. I'm sorry. I have not played Persona. Oh, but we are we are doing Persona Four. Okay, uh, starting that one in a couple of weeks. Oh. Um, I need to do more of my research on it so I can come back to you with an answer on that. Tell, tell uh, me who you pick, and then tell me, tell me, tell me which character you wish they'd let you romance, but they weren't cow They were cowards. And let you be brave enough because you will have opinions i guarantee it oh okay all right i i will definitely take notes on that one hmm. okay okay sorry no you're yeah. good yeah. you're absolutely fine <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big persona fan so uh okay um so I was actually going to like kind of drop it here first because we've just got the official word that the girls are returning to the Portland Retro Gaming Convention this year in October. So we'll be doing another live panel. So if you ever wanted to come and meet me in person, October in Portland, Oregon is where it will be at. I haven't let my other crowd know yet. So you guys got it first. Hell Yay. yeah. Posty, what about you? Um, I'm not going into any games conventions anytime soon, uh, but I do the Witcher Lorecast, um, as well as the uh, Cyberpunk Red live play podcast, Cyberpunked, where I play a nomad that's not a nomad. All right, and we use clips and snippets from miracle of sound the instrumental version of neon red amazing full song i was actually just listening to it earlier today because i really do vibe out to it while working uh love the music and uh, we will see you next week and toasty what do the people need to remember stay safe in night city Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. 
Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, from Soft Lorecast, available everywhere. <laughs>